Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Terrace, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Thanks, Thanks David. Thanks. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment. It's so exciting and get their got Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how the Lord wants to speak to us today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Thank you, God, for loving us so much you became one of us. Thank you for sharing the love between you and Jesus, uh, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we are fully and completely trusting in you right now at this moment that the words that we will hear from the gospel inspired by you will touch our hearts here in the, in the studio and touch all the hearts of those who will listen. Thank you, God, for the gift of your love, the gift of this moment, the gift of the Mass that we will experience, the gift of the Eucharist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Please bless and protect all of us, all of our families. Help each and everything that happens to us today and every day uh, be one step closer into relationship with you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The, the Father, Father, the Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you want to give us a little gospel love today? Sure. Again, it's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verse 1 to 9. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it's good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them, and from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this gospel, and uh, it just Jesus took. You know, he, he personally invited Peter, James, and John uh, up the mountain to pray. And, and I think that invitation is there for all of us, each and every one of us every day, that Jesus wants to take us, uh, take us away from, you know, from the hustle and bustle, from the distraction, and he wants to uh, allow us to encounter him, to have an experience with him. And not, you know, not that we want to stay on the mountain or you know, we need to go back into our lives, but I think we need those mountaintop experiences in our lives to have 
an encounter, have an experience for the first time, and then and then ongoing because it's the fuel. It's the fuel that that keeps us going when we're in the day to day. We're in the trenches. We're you know living and working and and uh, doing what we need to do that we can draw upon that time away with God that He fills us. Uh, and then it's this that reservoir that overflows from being with Jesus on the mountain, and that overflow goes into the people in in our lives. Uh, so Jesus took Peter, James, John, and fill in the blank with your name. He wants to take you up the mountain to be with him, to uh, have you encounter him and experience him in a special, special way. Well, and Rob, as you shared, that's exactly where I started. You know, the beginning of this is, you know, I need to surrender. Because, Lord, take me where you want to take me. Because I want to, in order to be a great leader in my family, in the church, in the workplace, in the community, in the world, I have to first become a great follower. And that to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that disciple, we're called to deny ourselves. It's not about us. Pick up our cross and follow Jesus. So, you know, when he says he took Peter, James, and John, and he led them. Man, I want to be led by the Lord. He is my shepherd. I want to go where he wants to take me to the green pastures. And I think one of the green pastures he's really challenged me with, I'm going to put out there to all the listening audiences, God gave us a commandment. Keep holy the Sabbath, the Lord's day, to remember the Sabbath, that we're not to work. Sabbath means to refrain from work, to abstain from work. And so for me, I think we've lost that Sabbath day of rest. God has said to us, I want to give you 52 days a year off where you don't have to work. You can come into my rest. You can come and be with me and bring your family. And you know what we say? Oh, no, Lord, you don't understand. I got to work. I can get more work done if I work on that Sabbath day, that Sunday, which is what Christians where we celebrate the Sabbath is Sunday or Jewish brothers and sisters on Saturday. But yet God shows us his example. He worked six days, created everything. And even God rested on the seventh. Well, that's not an accident. That template was made for you and I. Because when we don't and we aren't obedient to God's command, because it's a commandment, it's not a suggestion, to keep holy the Sabbath, to set it apart, that not even our our, our, our workers or our, our animals or our lands need to rest that day. Why? Well, what the Lord broke open to me, because I've been struggling with this for three years, is the fact that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. I think it's seven, eight different times where he healed on the Sabbath. And I'm like, well, see, that Jesus worked on the Sabbath, but no, 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 no. The Lord said, let me break that open for you. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Jesus wants to heal our spiritual blindness, our spiritual deathness. Jesus wants to heal our, when we're actually spiritually dead, he wants to raise us from the dead on the Sabbath if we'll give it to him. It's our free will choice. That day, which is holy, which is set apart, which is sacred, we need to give it to the Lord so that we can come into communion with him 52 times a year with our families and don't put the world first, put him first. And so for me, that realization that God wants to heal me on that Sabbath day, that he wants to give me that day of rest, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Scripture tells us the Sabbath was made for man. We need that day of rest. We need that day of refueling, of, of being healed. The world for six days while we're out in the workplace, 
We're out in the world. We're getting hit. We're getting wounded. We're getting damage done. But if we go that seventh day, we give it to the Lord, Jesus, just like he did in Scripture. Seven or eight different times I have, I have looked at the different Scripture verses where he healed on the Sabbath. He wants to do the same for us. He wants to heal us on that Sabbath day. And let me tell you what, the world's going to tell you, you're crazy. Don't do that. You, you could make more money if you're open on a Sunday. You could do this. You could do that. Stop. We're supposed to be set apart from the world, different from the world. I'm telling you, for me, I want to be led by the Lord, taken where he wants to take me. But first and foremost, I got to go to the bottom. I got to be obedient. What is Jesus telling us in his word? Keep holy the Sabbath. What is God telling us here? The Father, listen to him. Jesus is the word of God. He's telling us to keep it holy. He's telling us to take that day for the family, the family of God first and foremost, and then your family. So for me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm all in. I've given my yes. We're, we're not open on a Sunday, and Sunday is a day for family. Not my computer, not my laptop, not my iPad, for family. I was just... Um... Just this past Sunday, I was driving down Chocolate Avenue in Hershey, where I live, and uh, there was one restaurant that was that's closed. It's always closed every Sunday, and I'm going to mention them because they are closed on Sunday. It's uh, it's the Chocolate Avenue Grill, and um, I I know a little bit about the family, but I also know that they're good God fearing people. They're good Christians, and and I, I, the thought occurred to me. It's right along the same line, so it's no coincidence that it just happened. You know, not too many days ago. Um, about, gee, do I do I keep holy the Sabbath? Do I do I honor that? And and I'll bet those people are home relaxing and having time with their family and doing some things. And you know, our kids are out of the house now, so we don't always have family around us all the time. So, but not only is it do I refrain from doing those things, but the thing that really hit me is. You know, I cannot be doing work or, you know, some volunteer work or things that I'm involved with. But is it still, is it in my heart? Am I resting? Am I, am I, is my heart open to being healed? Because Mm. that's really what the Sabbath day is for. It's it's for us to be healed. It's for, and it's for Jesus to, you know, for us to grow in our relationship with God. But, you know, if, if my heart, if if my body is not working, but my heart is still tied up with things and Mm. still, you know, confused, and I and I thought back to the, you know, to the parable about, um, you know, the seeds fall among the thorns, and the thorns grow up and they choke it out, and then some. I'm looking at those things. I'm saying, what are those things in my heart? Well, they're the things that come up on Sunday that take me away from thoughts of the Lord or thoughts of family and recreation and healing. Um, those things that worry me, those things that trouble me. You know, is there one day? We can just put all the worries and all the cares and all the, and just be who God created us to be. And then the other thing that hit me just while you were talking, David, is that's very much like this experience that you mentioned, Rob, on the mountaintop. Because if we every Sunday have another mountaintop experience of the Lord, we're supposed to take that down. I mean, Jesus said, don't say anything, but he didn't say forget about it. Mm -hmm. It never happened. He said, don't say anything until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. I do want you to say something, but just not now. It's not right. And the reason why, and this came up in an earlier gospel reflection, probably was because this was prior to any suffering, uh, you know, the suffering and passion and death of Jesus. And so the rest of the revelation needed to be there. You saw me heal. You saw me do all these other things. But now see the true glory of God, right? When Judas goes out 
that night, and Jesus says, now the glory of God will be revealed. Well, now he's getting ready to be scourged and crucified, and but that's the glory of God. That's the part that needed to be revealed. And then once that happens and I'm risen, then you can tell everybody about the mountaintop experience. So it just all kind of came together when you were relating that 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 uh, that situation. This is Sunday supposed to be our mountaintop experience. We're supposed to take it down into our life. Beautiful, Tom. Yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned restaurants because I flew this weekend to Salt Lake City, Utah and checked into the hotel. And we were hungry. It was late. Hungry. I was so hungry for steak. And when we got to the hotel, we saw they have a big restaurant there called Shula's. And my wife said, oh, man, Don Shula. Don Shula's restaurants, those Shula steaks, they're fabulous. Man, I can't wait to have one. And I, I called up and they're like, oh, no, we're, we're closed. It's Sunday. It's the Sabbath day. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me, Lord. One more little heavenly kiss reminder. <laughs> Hello, David. Isn't that beautiful? That yeah. just made a statement to everybody that checks in that hotel. Why is Shula's closed? Are they going out of business? No. They keep holy the Sabbath. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, love it. Awesome. Second thing I was looking at is Moses and Elijah. I love this as a Catholic. You know, people say, well, why do you talk to dead people? I'll say, well, right here it says Moses and Elijah were conversing with Jesus. So this is the beauty of the sacred scriptures of the Bible. Everything we do as Catholics, Everything we believe as Catholics has its deep roots. Where? In the Bible, in sacred scripture. Right here, Jesus shows us. He's conversing with Moses and Elijah who have passed long before. So that's us in the communion of saints. We can call out to the St. Padre Pio, you know, St. Mother Teresa, St. John Paul II. We we can converse with them, ask for their help, their intercession to the Lord. That's the body of Christ working together. And right here is the biblical proof that it's okay. Our Catholic understanding, our Catholic belief that we absolutely, through Jesus Christ, because that's where the Father shows us here, it's through Jesus all this takes place. They may reflect him and glow with his beauty but ultimately, at the end of the day, there's one beloved son, you know, that's, that's begotten of the Father, which is Jesus. So for me, that's beautiful. It just says it's okay to do that. So you know what? Awesome. If you don't know why we do what we do as Catholics, dig into the Bible. Uh, the kind of the line that struck me in this passage was, um, why were they so afraid? Like when, when God, presumably it's God, said, this is my beloved son, and then they just fell to the ground. And to me, it's like when you faced with the divinity of God and how awesome and complete love, and then we're just weighed down by our sins and just knocks us to the ground, to the earth, that we're earthly. Back to dust. Back to dust (laughs) when we're faced with God like that. But then, you know, Jesus touches them and says, rise, you know, do not be afraid. So we could see like right then there's no salvation outside of Jesus. It's like right there, God speaks, we hit the dirt, Mm. and then Jesus is there who brings us Mm. back up. Well, it's beautiful because when you pointed that out, I was thinking about, because when I got challenged by the Lord three years ago about keep holy the Sabbath, one of the businesses that the Lord has entrusted me with that a good day to be open is Sunday, you know, to horseback ride or to have weddings or whatever events, you know, even charity events. I'm like, oh man, Lord, I don't know if I can do that. Well, now the Lord's convicted me. No ifs, ands, or buts. Great book. If you want to read called 24-6, it really expresses it. <laughs> but it starts out with a with a story. And I love this story. A businessman, his business, busiest day of the year for his company was Sunday. He did a hundred million dollars 
a year on a Sunday was his most profitable day of the week and of the year. Then he met the Lord. Then he had a conversion, came to Christ. Then the Lord challenged him, keep holy the Sabbath. Now, I can promise you as a business owner, he probably got a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of agita, a little bit of uh, fear. Like, whoa, whoa, think about that. Lord, look, I'm making $100 million a year. I'm going to give back to you because you hear it's justified. I'm going to give back to you some of that money. Isn't that beautiful? I can't close on a Sunday, Lord. That wouldn't make any sense. But that's not what he did. You see, he had a deep conversion, and it caused him to go deep into scriptures. And he searched over 30 scripture verses, which actually I'm putting together a booklet on that right now. Remember, the Sabbath wasn't a suggestion. It was a command, a command from the God of love, because the Sabbath was made for us so that we would have those 52 days a year of rest. And so this man chose to close hmm. all his stores, which, of course, everybody in business said, you're nuts, you're crazy, you know, you've lost it. Hmm. Close his stores on a Sunday. Well, that same man today, his stores do $45 billion a year. He is closed on Sundays, and he has no debt. And the store is called Hobby Lobby. And he went to the Supreme Court and won the case with contraception. So you know what? This is where Jesus says, be not afraid. Because the enemy always wants you to pull you into the ways of the world. Jesus says, be not afraid. So this man trusted God because fear in anything other than holy fear of God is of the enemy. If we have fear, it's a lack of trust in God as our Father who knows what's best for us. So you know what? Think of this. If your employer offered you 52 days off a year to have fun and enjoy your time with your family, would you take it or would you say, no, 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 let me work more? Well, guess what? Your Father in heaven has given you that gift, 52 days a year, 52 Sundays a year, to be with your family and friends, and most importantly, with your heavenly family, with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the whole communion of saints. Take the gift, receive the gift, honor God, and then, just as in Hobby Lobby, watch what he's going to do in your family's life. Yeah, that's beautiful, David. What a what a great challenge for us. You know, most of us listening and, and here don't have big businesses like Hobby Lobby, but you know, to God, it's it's all a matter of the heart. It and it's is. just like the the story of the woman putting her offering into two small coins. You know, she mm-hmm. he didn't stop and show everybody the you know the the guys putting in the big bucks. He stopped and said, "Look, you know, she's putting in more than than all the others because she's giving from her from her need, right? She's giving from her heart. So um, it's all a matter of the heart. So it's a, it's a journey. And, and at mass this week, the priest said to us about perfection. He said, you know, when you, when you come to Christ, perfection." God doesn't expect perfection overnight. It's it takes some time, and He said, and that time is called a lifetime. <laughs> and uh, you know, we're not truly going to be perfected until you know we go through our, you know, our, our purification, and we're seeing God face to face. Right. So it is, which is the Moses, Moses and Elijah story. Yeah. They were perfected in Christ. They radiated His glory. Yet they kept their own identities. Mm-hmm. But along the way, Jesus, it says, you know, it, Jesus touched, came and touched them. So along our way of this lifetime journey. Jesus touches us. After we have these mountaintop experiences, you know, I think we, not I think we need to be prepared that, um, that our sin's going to weigh us down. Other people are going to start taking shots at us. That we, we need to be prepared that this is going to happen. And Jesus is going to be there to touch us 
and say, rise, do not be afraid. Um, my daughter just went on a Steubenville retreat, 3,000 teens, first time ever, and she encountered Christ for the first time in a, in a big, big way. She such a, a treat. I picked her up, and then I had to drive her two and a half hours uh, after I picked her up. So it was just the two of us in the car, two and a half hours, and she was nonstop just talking about the whole, the whole retreat, everything that happened, and how she finally met Jesus face-to-face. And she reached out to him, and, and he touched her, and she responded with, with her yes. And, and I was talking. I said, Grace, you, you had that experience. It's awesome. You need to be prepared, and you need to stay connected with Jesus because now you're, going, you're not going back into the real world because what you experience is real. That's the real world. That's, that's what God wants. God wants you to be surrounded with people and love and peace and joy. That's what, that's what heaven is, right? So we're going back into the counterfeit. So if anybody ever says, oh, we're going back into the real world, now we're going back into the counterfeit. And people are going to be railing against you. They may mock you. They may, you know, the evil one's going to use people to to knock you down. And you just need to be prepared for that and just know that that's going to happen. And then just just reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need your help. You know, just always stay connected. But Jesus wants to touch us during our mountaintop experiences when we come down and we're, we're feeling low or getting knocked down. He is always there ready put his hand on us to, to take us by the hand by the heart and, and just lead us and, and pick us up these mountaintop experiences are uh, are awesome but then we have to realize that the counterfeit life that we re-enter into is going to be filled with um, you know with just like God uses people to do good and the evil one uses people to to, to do evil and to knock us down so uh, mm-hmm. I think we need to be it's like spiritual battle right? we need to be we need to be ready for that and prepared for that you know, I think it's also important, Rob, to to get away from the noise. Jesus took up a mountaintop. Get away from that noise. Disconnect from the world because the noise can 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 distract you. You don't hear the still quiet voice of the Lord. It also shows us here there's something very very special about small groups. You know, so Peter, James, and John, small group go with the Lord. So we have gospel reflection. We have stewardship of leadership. You know, there's that man as you. There's these small groups. Um, that are forming in churches all over the country. They're so important, especially groups with men, because men, it becomes a band of brothers. There's couples groups, beautiful. But in those small groups, if the Lord is truly leading and he's taking you there, go there, because you can absolutely experience Christ in them. You can absolutely, as the Word of God, as we're doing here today, is broken open, you're going to hear things that are meant just for you. So for me, if you're not part of a small group, get part of a small group. Because when we become an island of one, that's a problem. It is. Because then we're listening to me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Lord will many times use people in a small group, you know, James to Peter or Peter to James or to John, doesn't matter. He'll use them to speak truth into our lives. So for me, it's so important to be connected to small groups. And I think that's what Jesus is showing us here. And then also, secondly, you got to get away from the noise. You got to go to someplace that's that's disconnected from the noise. And in the garden, Jesus says to the, 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 the Peter, James, and John there, can't you just give me one hour? So for me, it's a daily one hour. What are you doing with the Lord for an hour? Every day. Every day. Because it's in that time you give to him that you get the greatest gift back from him, which comes in his healing, his revelation, his wisdom. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, this uh, 
passage reminds me of like a mystical experience, like you were just mentioning that prayer is so important that, you know, a lot of the saints talk about. I'm reading a good book now. I can't even think of the name. It's real old, but it's called The Art of Prayer. And it's Mm. all about like mental prayer versus vocal prayer and all Mm. that and how to go deep, you know, using the word of God and let God speak to you. So that this whole passage to me seems like one of those experiences that we read about with the saints, like St. Mm. Teresa of Avila or many of the others. And, and a lot of times I'll say, I don't have time to pray or I don't have time to pray that much. And, and I also read somewhere that until we realize how critically important prayer is, we'll, we'll never have time for it. Mm. You know, that, you know, it's it's everything. I mean, that that's the oxygen that we breathe for our our life and our relationship with our Lord. Uh, so how how can we afford not to set aside that hour or uh, or more? Saint um, Francis de Sales said in his his book that he wrote for lay people on the devout life said that as lay people you should pray every day for at least a half an hour, and when you're really busy, an hour. You know, because that's when you're busy is when you need it the most, when you're under the most pressure. Mm. And that's when you need to take time to be with the Lord. But again, I, I go back to this. So what I was talking about with the Sunday um, is also those times, that time with the Lord. Is it with the Lord or is it as a time to bring up all your, you know, because one of the things I'm beginning to appreciate more deeply now is that this isn't a time for me to go in and share my plans with God. This is a time for me to go in and listen to what his plans are for me. I've got to give up. My, my plans are not important to him. What, what he has for me is what I need to be listening to. Amen. And that's a, that's a whole different thing. Well, and a key here, the Father's, this is the Father speaking, you know, says, listen to him. Listen to him, right. Jesus is the Word of God, the Bible, the Word of God made enfleshed. So he's living it out. Well, guess what? That's each and every one of our journey. We're called to consume the Word of God, which is what we're doing today, to let it be pierced into our heart and then enflesh that Word to others. So we can't do that if we don't first put God first. Everybody says, oh, I put God first. I put, do you? Do you give God the first fruit of your day? Do you? Or do you just fit him into your busy schedule? Or do you just fit him in once a week or once a month or twice a year? So for me, it's all a matter of the heart, as you shared, Tom. Put God first. Put God first. Because the more, and I love that with, with the, the Bible reading today in, in churches, Moses go up and face-to-face have that communion time with the Father, communion time with God. He come down off the mountain. Man, that man's, he glowed. His face shone like the sun. But you see, each and every one of us, as his beloved sons and daughters, the more time of intimacy we spend with the Father, the more perfectly we will reflect the Son. I'm going to repeat it. The more time of intimacy through Jesus Christ that we spend with the Father daily, the more we will perfectly reflect the Son, Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Let's be those reflections. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.